Rod Williams Show. people 
you don't know how blessed you are when you're in America to see how other people live and how they have to suffer. That is so true. Wow. You know, we take a lot of things for granted, you know, and sometimes you just have to see the world from a different point of view. Mr. Bell, um, what I would like to know is the title, Wounded from My Destiny. Can, can you share how you came up with that title? It's because my, you know, in life, your life could be, in your eyesight, perfect, and everything is going fine, and then all of a sudden, in, in, in minutes, your whole life can be changed overnight. I, I said it because I was I was married before. I had another wife, and I was in Iraq, and I came home to see my family. And going back to the base, my wife was killed in a car with me in 2006. Mm-hmm. And I was in a bad accident, and I was in a coma for over five months. I had a traumatic brain injury. They said I would never walk again, and if I came out of coma, I would be mentally retarded. And I just explained to people the amazing struggle and journey I had to go through to rehabilitate myself and go through such hardships and struggles and how family members, you know, did things to me that people wouldn't imagine and what I had to overcome such obstacles to get back to where I am now. And that's what made me write this story, to give other soldiers a glimpse of reality and hope that if I can do this and then you see where I was and where I am now, that God is good and God has blessed me, that you can do it too. Because I struggled, and amazingly, God has blessed me that you would never imagine of where I came from to where I am now. Awesome, awesome. Listen, you know, one of the reasons why I like interviewing people who have written books that are factual, that are actual real life, is because I firmly believe that you can't lead where you won't go, and you can't teach what you don't know. And I... <laughs> and I'm firmly, you know, believing that because when you share in your story and when you are giving the, the details of it, somebody somewhere will definitely see this and say, well, you know what, uh, if it happened to him, if he could do it, if he could come out of it, if he can make it, then surely so can I. That's inspiring. Yes. That's inspiring. Ms. Bell, you said that you were a, a, a trauma nurse? No, I'm a nurse, but I've been trained in stress management and positive okay. psychology resilience. Okay, stress management. That's what, You know what? I was thinking about that when uh, I was doing a little research, because that's what I do here at the, the Teach Rod Williams Show, is I do a little research, and I found out that you wrote another book mm-hmm. about stress management. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Hold that thought for me, Miss Bell. We'll be right back in just a minute. If you're talking about it, it's because we're talking about it. The T. Gerard Williams Show. And uh, we're back. Now, I know this book is a, is, is a, this interview is about wounded for my destiny, but it encapsulates a lot of things that happens in you guys' life. So, just a quick nugget about uh, your book about stress management, and then we'll get right back on point. That was pretty much written for my coworkers, my fellow nurses who have just become burnt out working in the nursing field, especially with a lot of ungrateful <laughs> patients and families <laughs> and for caregivers who feel that they are on their last end, they just can't take it anymore dealing with all the stress that goes along with caring for someone who's ill. 
So I basically wrote that book for them. Okay, but it actually became a good segue into what you are experiencing with Mr. Bell uh, in this particular uh, story, this scenario, this wounded for my destiny situation. It's, it's actually made you the perfect person to be put in that spot. Yes, the perfect person. <laughs> uh, yes. You know what? Yeah, you know what the thing about people with survivor's guilt, um, they let they let a lot of things go that an average thinking person wouldn't. Um, uh, Bill will admit, like there were times in his life that he knew family and friends were taking advantage of him, especially financially. But he feared, you know, being alone, so he let that continue. And he has a 20-year-old son that he still sometimes have problems balancing discipline with love because he's guilty. He, he felt guilty about surviving, and the son's mother didn't survive. So that all plays into our relationship, into, into our marriage, what's going on. And it takes a lot of stress management to deal with that situation. That has to be one of the hardest cases to be, you know, when you – when you survived and, and someone that you cared about didn't, I, I can't even imagine that. I mean, I, I, I'm really sitting here trying to wrap my mind around that concept, and and I really can't. I mean, nobody knows what you're going through except you, and and to just that, just that, what you just said about your son, my God, I, I just, you know, hmm. Yes, there was a lot of, you know, if mom was here, she would do this for me, and she would do that for me. And in reality, Bill probably probably knows that she wouldn't actually do it because you haven't earned it. But he right. used, used that a lot to manipulate the situation and to manipulate us, and it, it just gets difficult sometimes. And if you don't have a way to manage that stress, it can just be out of control. Yeah, and pairing that with the, the physical uh, trauma and the, the psychological trauma and then to tie it up with some emotional baggage as well, that has to be painful, very painful. Yes, sir. But this isn't about feeling sorry. This is this is a, a, a way of bridging a, a gap between survivor's guilt, making that transition to survive, and then being a an example. Not necessarily like a role model, but like a role model. <laughs> so, <laughs> and one important important point that we try to make is that usually, as I stated before, people under 50 don't make plans for these type of tragedies, and that's probably one of the reasons why all the, Bill stayed in the coma several months, but he was in the hospital for over a year for the rehabilitation. Mm. And when he came out, you know, his parents were – uh, over his money and just spent every dime. He had nothing, no clothes, all of his deceased wife's furs, jewelry, everything was gone. There was nothing even put aside for his son. So he had to come back from that also. It just doesn't stop, does it? No, it doesn't stop. My God. You know, the, the, the thing is you think that when you're going through such devastation and, and such trauma, that family will be the, the one that rallies around you and supports you. And, and Mr. Mr. Bill, I'm going to ask you this. And I don't even know if you know, but when you were laying there and you were comatose, did you even hear anybody say pull the plug? No, I, I didn't I didn't hear it, but I remember that I felt like I was just floating and I was going into, like I was looking for like a light. 
And strangely enough, it was it was amazing. Years years later, my father said that he saw me the day of the accident. He saw me walking around in his room in all white. And my father said to me, uh, "Bill, what are you doing here? You're supposed to be in Iraq." And I was looking at him. I said, "What do you mean? What I'm doing here?" And I point. I'm going up there. And my father said, "What do you mean going up there?" I said, "I'm going up there." He said, "He said, well." How did you even get here? You're supposed to be in Iraq. And I just kept walking around the room. I just kept looking up at the ceiling. And my father said he was amazed that he, I looked as clear as day. And then I said, well, i got to check to see what you're talking about, and I'll talk to you later. And then he said, when my father turned on the light, I was gone. And that same day, he got a phone call that me and my, my other wife was in a bad car accident. Wow. And, you know, and I, and I felt that way. And even to the, and for the last three or four years after the accident, I was afraid to turn the lights off because I didn't think I would wake up again. Yes, that has been a part of our relationship also. Um, we've been together, back together for four years, and for the first couple of years, yes, he could not sleep in the dark, and I can't sleep in the light. <laughs> <laughs> so it took time to transition, to finally transition over to night lights. <laughs> Retailers to be able to get that, so that's and it'll perfect. And be in selected bookstores also. 
if anyone doesn't sit at the bookstore, they can just request for it to be ordered. Okay, beautiful, beautiful. Now, the subtitle to the book, the book book's title is called Wounded for My Destiny, but there's a subline that goes with it says that it's a, a wounded warrior overcomes survivor guilt, then learns to love and enjoy life again. So, Mr. Bill, I've got to say that I, I really feel like you're enjoying life, but can you put a seal of approval on whether or not you are enjoying life again? Yes, yes, I, I am really enjoying life because I refuse to let all of the hardship and evilness that people are doing to me to be miserable. I said I'm going to make my life as as great and as beautiful as possible. And every dream, everything that I I, I wanted, I have acquired it and and obtained it from hard work and believing in God and just pushing pushing as hard as I could. I said, I refuse to not have a place to stay. I have a beautiful home. I said, I, I refuse to not have a vehicle. I bought three of the nicest, beautiful cars you can imagine. I have a beautiful house, three-car garage. And to this day, if you see where I had come from, from living in a car to seeing where I live now, nobody would even imagine it until I show you the pictures. Even my own parents who did all the wrong to me came to the house one day and couldn't believe that that house was mine. They couldn't believe it because they couldn't understand how did I do all this, knowing that they took all my money. But see, God made a way for me. He said, Bill, think, put into in your mind how you're going to do what you need to do to get your life in a better stand, standpoint and work on it step by step. And that's what I did, step by step. I worked on my, my, my therapy. You know, I worked on my health. I did everything the, the doctor said I couldn't do. They said I couldn't go back to my job. I said, God brought me this far. I'm going to go back to my job. It keep me spiritually motivated. I went to a lot of churches and preached and explained and told them about my life and told them that, that people may say one thing, but you had to put it in your mind and your heart and use your spirituality, spirituality to continue on in your life to make it what you want to make out of it. Only you can make it how you want to make it. People can tell you one thing, but if you listen to that and you fall and succumb to that, that's how you'll be. And I didn't succumb to that. I knew in my mind I wanted to be stronger and I wanted to have a great life. And I didn't know how I was going to do that, but I knew with with faith and God's teaching and, and good people around me that I would be blessed and it would work out. And even you can see it even worked out. I ended up finding my, 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 my true sweetheart, and she was a nurse. What were the odds of that? And married her. <laughs> the guy sees a bigger picture than you could even imagine, you know, and it just everything just worked out like a map. That is so true. I believe that there's no such thing as happenstance or coincidence. Everything is divinely ordered by the Lord. I really believe that. So, Miss Miss Bell. Yes. Mister Bell says he's as happy as he can be, and and he put that stamp of approval on us so so tight. I don't even know if there's room enough for you to even interject whether or not. He was absolutely on point. So I'm just going to ask you, was he on point? He was on point. As he stated, he is 100% permanently disabled because he has traumatic brain injury. But part of traumatic brain injury is memory loss. And part of the therapy for memory loss is to go through old photo albums to see how much you're able to remember. And he happened to find the 25-year-old picture of me and was riding around looking for me. <laughs> and, and it just so happened that we ended up running into each other at a party after over 25 years. And we've been mm. together ever since. Yeah. And that's something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, yes, yes. You know, sometimes you have to just stand back and watch how God unfolds. Right. You know, when I saw her, I said, you're not going to believe this, but I've been looking for you for a long time. And she was like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> a little skeptical at first, right? <laughs> well, at that time, I didn't know what happened. You know, the, I didn't know that he had lost his wife in this accident. So I didn't know mm. that he was single again. So I was like, what are you looking for me for? You're married. <laughs> and, then he, <laughs> and then he told me what happened. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, but listen, we're coming up to the end of our, our conversation, but I just wanted to let both of you have uh, the floor for just a few minutes to speak to my audience, to share with them something that you feel that they need to know uh, about you, your book, or your life, or whatever it is that you want to share, and just for a few minutes, just, just go ahead and, and just talk to them for a second, if you don't mind. Now, Ms. Ms. Tiffany, I, I'll let you start. I think it's very important for people to support their family or, or their loved ones that they're taking care of who have injuries. And often people know when other people are taking advantage of them and they don't step up and do anything. You need to step up and help those people, and it becomes really tiring and sometimes feels like a burden, and that's why you have to have adequate stress management and relief to keep on running the race. And I just love for people to buy the book to hear our story and how we ended up back together and are doing things, going around speaking to to caregiver groups, and also on the legal side to try to encourage people, especially younger people, to have some type of plan in place. So if something like this happens, your family can't just squander all of your money, especially mm. when you have children. You have to have some type of preparation in place. That is true. You know, in fact, you know, uh, you know, like a lot of men, you know, they just figure, you know, mom or the wife will take care of everything. Well, in his case, mom and the wife was killed, so there was no mm. one, you know, no one there to take care of it. You know, I hear you saying that people don't really spend the time securing their future, and we, we're living like we're bulletproof, like nothing's going to happen to us until mm. that day when, when we become a superhero and we find our kryptonite and everything falls apart. That's, that's true. And even even now, like myself and my wife, sometimes, you know, I'm still human, even all that I've been through, I, I still try to keep a stronghold, and I still try to um, be the best person that I can be. I'm, I'm only human, and sometimes I still I still go by my parents. They're ill. They're getting old. I still try to show them respect, even though I'm still upset with the things that they've done to me. And sometimes, you know, God will have to give you a compassionate heart because there are a lot of people who are not as compassionate as you, and you have to be a bigger person, a stronger person. And in, and in time, God will show you, and he blesses you for that. And I know that a lot of times I, I do fall short, but I'm only human. And that's why I try to surround myself around people that can sometimes pick me up when I fall a little bit. And everybody mm-hmm. will have at least one or two persons that sometimes when you get weak, you can come to them and talk to them. And sometimes if you don't think so, by reading this book, you may find you another avenue from seeing all that I had to go through and what I went to to get where I'm at. And you may say one day, wow, if Bill can do that, I think I can do that too. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, when you see other people inspired by other people's lives, then you don't feel alone. You don't feel like you're the only one that's going through something. And and they're not. You know, you're not. I've, I've been through and talked to so many other soldiers that I've helped out just by talking to them. I said, man, what's wrong? What's the problem? You know, and they'll tell me. I said, oh, that ain't nothing compared to what I went through. So if I could go through this and struggle and build myself up, I know you can do it too. And so many people in the church on the uh, legal side, just like I was also, was raised, you know, giving me this day my daily bread. We'll let tomorrow mm-hmm. worry about tomorrow and don't make plans. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So it, it gets hard to, to untrain people from certain ways of thinking. <laughs> yeah, we get bogged down in traditionalism. We, we It always worked. It worked like that for my mom and my dad and my grandparents, so it's going to work for me. <laughs> You know, but it's, it's a new day. It's a new day, and we've got to do things a different different way, and we've got to protect our legacy and protect our future. Okay. Keep on keeping on. <laughs> Absolutely right. Yeah. Hey, hey, well, listen, good people, I really appreciate you, and yeah. certainly it's been a, it's been my honor and my pleasure to have you on the on the line with us today. And Thank you. Uh, having Thank you. Uh, you, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. <laughs> and having said that. My friends, we have been on the line with authors, Mr. William Bell, Jr. and his wife, Tiffany Denmark Bell, who are the authors of Wounded for My Destiny. And the subline, which I've got to tell you, I really love it. A wounded warrior overcomes survivor guilt, then learns to love and enjoy life again. It's all about enjoying life. If you're not enjoying life, you might as well just go ahead and turn in your your, your card. (laughs) So once again... (laughs) <laughs> Mr. Bell, thank you, first of all, for your service. Uh, Ms. Bell, thank you for being someone who gives a lot to other people. You, you can't be a nurse without having a compassionate heart. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> no matter what kind of patient comes across. <laughs> you might, you're out there nursing, you might get somebody like Mr. Bell here. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you're right, you're right. <laughs> You know, sometimes uh, it's just a blessing of life. Don't be afraid to ask for help. That's you better thing. ask. You don't better be ask. Afraid. Sometimes you have not because you ask not. You ask not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friends. Once again, this is T. Gerard Williams, your host and your executive producer of the T. Gerard Williams Show. And as always, I'll see you when I see you. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Let's say bye-bye too. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> the T. Gerard Williams Show. Coming to you live. With the best in talk radio.
you're talking about it, it's because we're talking about it.